Let's pray. Fill us with your loving kindness, God, that we might love those we live among, not because of who they are or who we are, but because of who you are. Hold me up, God, that I might lift you up. Amen. So our sermon series, Not Your Mama's Bible Stories, continues today, and we continue to take a second look at those stories we heard as children in Sunday school, but maybe haven't studied in any depth as adults, and most of which we have not heard preached from the pulpit. However, today's story, Naomi and Ruth, is one that is a little more recognizable. You hear it preached occasionally. And though we can explore this story at a deeper level as adults, and there's much to learn from this story, the bottom line really remains much the same as that that we experience as children. This story also happens to lend itself very well to the experience that the youth have had this past summer in mission. Because the recurring theme throughout the book of Ruth centers around this Hebrew word, hesed. In the story of Ruth and Naomi, hesed is most often translated as kindness, but it is really so much more than that. This love is one that is completely extravagant and unexpected. It's a love that surpasses any common notion of love that you might have ever had. It's not a love that we experience or express out of a sense of duty. It extends way beyond the limits of our blood ties. This is a sacrificial love. It's a love that's filled with mercy and grace. And Hesed, this type of love, is, is never merely an abstract feeling of goodwill, but it always entails a practical action that we're called to on behalf of another. Hesed is a love that is so enduring that it persists way beyond any sin or betrayal. It's a love that is so powerful, it mends brokenness and readily forgives disloyalty and sin. It's a love that extends beyond the rule of law. Hopefully this love is starting to sound familiar to you. It's most often this word hesed is used to describe the love that God has for God's people, the love that God has for Israel and for you and me. It's a love that extends beyond the covenant relationship that's established between God and the Israelites. Because though God's people continuously break that covenant, God continues in steadfast love over and over and over again to extend mercy and grace to the Israelites for the purpose of redeeming them. That same love is extended to you and me to redeem us. This is a love that changes us. And it's not just a love that changes us as individuals, and change, that changes our lives. Some understand this to be a love that changes the whole world. And in this particular story of Ruth and Naomi, we see how this Hesed love deeply changes the worlds that they navigate, that Ruth and Naomi navigate. If you read all four chapters of Ruth, and I recommend that you do if you haven't, it's a short book in the Bible, 
but there is so much to be mined from this story. You will notice some things that we don't talk about as children, but that are extremely relevant, especially to us in today's world. The story begins, as Kim mentioned, when Naomi and her husband, Elimelech, along with their two children, leave Bethlehem and Judah because there is a famine. They cannot feed their family. Now you realize as an adult, especially if you've read the preceding books of the Bible, the ones that lead up to the book of Ruth, that Naomi and Elimelech must have been utterly and completely desperate. They have to have been completely out of options because where they go to Moab is a land where some of their fiercest enemies live. I mean, the Israelites hated the Moabites. And it was most definitely a mutual feeling. Israel and Moab, they had spent a lot of time in the preceding books of the Bible trying to destroy each other, trying to kill each other off. And then to make matters worse, while they're there, both of Naomi's sons take Moabite wives. This is something that would have been deeply frowned upon. It would not have been um, honorable. It would have been a deep disgrace, both for the Israelites and the Moabites. Eventually, Elimelech and both of his sons die. It's not clear how they die. Scripture doesn't really tell us, but we do know that they were living in very dangerous circumstances for them. So when you know the context out of which this relationship between Naomi and her two daughter-in-laws emerges, this love becomes particularly striking especially as Naomi decides to return to Bethlehem and we see Ruth's determination, even after three attempts on Naomi's part to discourage her to return with Naomi to her homeland. This becomes a, a, an act of loyalty and love that takes a remarkable amount of courage. It's a courage that she draws upon over and over again as she enters into this, this new land, this Bethlehem, because y'all, people are not very happy to see her. They're not happy at all. She is an outsider. She's one of those people. They whisper behind her back. They shoot her sideways glances when she passes by. And in their hatred and suspicion, most people refer to her disparagingly over and over and over again as that Moabite woman. They are not kind to her. But she ends up finding favor with one person there, a man named Boaz, who happens to be a close relative of Naomi's through her husband, Elimelech. Boaz grows to care for Naomi. He favors her and he says it's primarily because of this amazing, extraordinary expression of loving kindness that Ruth has had for Naomi. And it's a love that he comes to experience for himself as he watches Ruth day after day after day, following behind his workers in the field, picking up whatever they leave behind just so she can feed her mother-in-law, Naomi, and herself. She finds such favor with Boaz that he eventually marries her and they give birth to the man who will father King David. Certainly something that changes the world. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I got to spend some time with our high school youth on their mission trip in Asheville, North Carolina. It was 
incredible. It was definitely a life-changing experience for me, and it's because I had the opportunity to experience this extraordinary love through our youth. Y'all, our youth are amazing people. They are so filled with energy. They are so filled with a genuine desire to help, to make a difference in the lives of the people that they're serving in Asheville and in their mission trip in San Antonio. It was a love that they shared that could only have been born of God. And they worked hard. They worked so hard. At the end, I was only there for the last two days to work. And as it got later in the day, I started looking at my watch more and more frequently wondering, when when is this going to be over? (laughs) I'm dying here. Um, And at the end of the day, when we finally did get to go, I mean, I would hear the youth going, that was a really good, long, hard day's work. I mean, they would celebrate the fact that they got to be there long enough to get everything done that they really wanted to get done. And they did all of this with an amazing amount of joy and laughter. I also experienced this Hesed love through Donna, who was the woman whose home the group of youth repaired throughout the week. Watching and listening to her as she received all this love that the youth poured into her life, it was so heartwarming. It made my heart want to burst right out of my chest and it brought tears to my eyes more than once. The way her face lit up every morning when this uh, truck, you know, two van loads of youth would unload in front of her house. Listening to her, overhearing her as she was on the phone with her family and her friends and her neighbors, she was constantly, all day long, telling people about all these youth that were at her house doing this amazing work and how wonderful they were, just bragging on them. Praying, I would hear her say, I just hope that the weather holds out. I don't want it to get too hot for them. And I hope they stay safe and nobody gets hurt. I mean, she was also sort of a mother hen. Um, Her deep appreciation of our service for her and her husband um, was just very heartfelt. So I asked the youth and the adults on the mission trip to take some time to reflect on how they had experienced God's Hesed love, this particular type of love, um, as they served in mission, in each other, um, in God's presence, in those they served. And there are a few that are here and will share a little bit of their story. The first person that I'm gonna invite forward is Katie. She is a very hard worker. And I experienced God's steadfast love through her in her very kind and patient direction to me. (laughs) I think I actually frustrated her a little bit as I was sitting alongside her on the roof hammering on shingles because I had not been properly trained, which she noticed. I wasn't lining the shingles up just right. I wasn't nailing in the tar line. But she very, very kindly set me straight. Come on up, Katie. As you heard, I'm Katie. I'm going to be a junior at Westlake, and this is my second year going on Recree. On this trip, it has taught me many things about God and how he works through us in helping different communities. Every year, we write affirmations to people in order to show how much we love and appreciate the work they do. This year, I decided to write an affirmation to everyone in the group and not just the people we were assigned. I was able to show how grateful I was for everyone through a short note unique to each person. Seeing people's faces light up as they read my note to them impacted me in such amazing ways. 
Knowing that every single person felt loved at some point throughout the week made me feel loved right back. Even though Recree is over, I want to continue making everyone around me feel loved and know that I appreciate them in one way or another. Little compliments here and there can make anyone's day feel better. The main thing I want to work on is not just making the immediate people around me feel loved, but also making the people I don't know as well feel loved. They say that uh, we experience love through the stomach. Well, Rich was um, at Recree and he led a team of people that cooked for us every single day and um, took a lot of work, a lot of loving kindness. He was also on the work site, helping us, cheering us on and guiding us. And I experienced God's love through him as he kept us on track so that we could get our tasks completed. I'd like to invite Rich to come forward. Hi, so this year we had 21 youth and seven adults go on the trip. Um, and I'm always just so proud of our youth because they do such a good job. I mean, they really excel at their job. Uh, some years we do a roof, some years we paint a house, this year we did both, some years we dig a septic system. But that's not our job. The job of our youth is to connect with the clients. And these are clients, that, the typical clients, an elderly person, uh, dirt poor, living in the hills of Appalachia. Um, some, you know, often they're forgotten people. Uh, sometimes they're actually scorned by their neighbors because that's the shack, that, that's the eyesore of the street. Um, they're people that sometimes even their family have forgotten them. But our youth do something that at the end of every week, universally, our client cries when they leave. And they're not crying tears of happiness to have a new roof, to have a new paint job. They're crying because perhaps for the first time in years, someone has acknowledged that person. Someone has showed that person that they're worth something. You know, they're staggered that 25 people would come all the way from Texas and spend a week with them the lowly person who the neighbors sometimes despise. Uh, they cry because our kids are friendly, our kids uh, show them respect, and they just show them they're worth something. Donna this year was no, no exception. Uh, she was bawling when, when at the uh, last day. And it was because of the compassion and empathy that our kids showed. That's what was why she was crying. So, as always, that's really what I'm most proud of our kids doing their job. For the record, Donna wasn't the only one crying. <laughs> A lot of people were crying. Um, I want to invite Emma Bouchon next, up next. She is our faithful and trusty summer youth intern. She's done a phenomenal job this summer. She did a great job on the mission trip that I was on, and I'm sure she did also on the middle school mission trip. I experienced God's amazing love just through her countenance. I mean, she's one of those people that just glows, right? I mean, you can't be in her presence and not experience God's love. Um, and that was so apparent in the mission trip that I was at. Emma, would you please come forward? Hi. 
So for the first time in a very long time, I got to be a part of our middle school mission team this year. And our small but very mighty team of four students were some of the hardest working, kindest middle schoolers I've ever gotten to know. Um, these students did work that you would not ever think a middle schooler could do, and they crushed it. Have, have you ever seen four middle schoolers put up an entire ceiling? Like, that's crazy. Um, and it's a pretty amazing thing, but I think it just goes to show how powerful and awesome our God is. Um, and these kids who didn't know each other very well at the beginning of the week became their own hilarious little family, um, not just through the work they did of tearing down the ceiling, putting in insulation, like holding it up while the others nail on ladders and all this craziness, um, but through everything they did while working at Blueprint. Um, they learned about grace from our homeowners who we got to serve, who had come to Christ through their Blueprint team who had come a few years before. Um, they got to worship and eat as a family and know the importance of having a Christian community that will support you and love you no matter what. They saw Christ in each other and in our last worship service of the week, they all got to stand in front of everyone at Blueprint and share that, share how they saw Christ in each other, in the work they did and in themselves. And I believe that over the course of the week in our mission work in San Antonio, they experienced, but I know for a fact that they showed me that reckless, persistent, world-changing love that Pastor Tracy talked about that can only be brought to us through God. And last, but certainly not least, I'm going to invite forward Ellie Marine. And um, she cracks me up, y'all. She is hilarious. I experienced God's surprising love through her very surprising sense of humor. She's so quiet, or at least that's the way I've always experienced her. And um, she has such a dry sense of humor that it caught me completely off guard. One of the topic of con topics of conversation as we rode in the van was that it turns out Ellie makes up stories about people she doesn't know because she likes to imagine what their lives are like and what they do. So the man that lives across the street from her who's been there for a long time, she's decided is a manservant. Yep, and she has decided that he's a manservant because manservant is a really fun word and she loves to say manservant. So I'm gonna invite <laughs> Ellie forward. Hi, y'all. Um, I'm Ellie, and if you don't know me, it's because I'm normally away in the back pushing all the buttons. Um, but I thought I'd start today by talking a little bit about what just a normal day looks like at Recreate, just so everyone can have a clear picture of what exactly it is we do for a whole week out in Asheville. So um, a day at Recreate is in no way glamorous. Uh, we wake up in the morning at 630 and in the case of the girls, in the next five seconds, we're running to the bathroom because for all the dozens of girls there, there are only four stalls. <laughs> Breakfast is eaten half asleep because it's usually not until worship at eight that we're fully awake. And worship services at Recreate really do hold a special place in my heart. 
There's not really any way to accurately describe the feeling of screaming our hearts cannot stay silent before the sun's even fully up in the middle of the wildest Christian mosh pit you could ever imagine. <laughs> From worship, we hop into our vans and spend the next seven to eight hours de-shingling, shingling, priming, painting, caulking, cleaning, sweeping, sweating, and hyping each other up. From there, it's back to Recre, to the seven either ice cold or burning hot showers, to a hot dinner that is much appreciated, and to the field where we star trip one another until past 10 at night. The whole week isn't glamorous, no, but it is beautiful. I can see God's love behind it all, in the hands that make our meals, in the sermons that George delivered, in the spirits of our staffers Walton, Jen, Sarah, Garrett, Audrey, and Miller, in Emma Bouchong, our lovely, savage intern who worked so hard to make incredible musical devotionals for us this year, in Diane and Pastor Tracy for leading our trip, in Jim Lindsay, AKA Jimmy with the fruit. <laughs> His nickname needs to be sung. Uh, he brought us cold fruit every day at the work site, and everyone else who has worked to make recreation possible, not only for our youth group, but for every church that has come to recreate for nearly the past 30 years. God's love fills the people who make recreate possible, and through, through them, countless lives have been changed. Not only the lives of the clients, but also the lives of the people serving them, our lives. God's love is a force for good here, and I'm so grateful to have witnessed it for what was my fourth year attending Recreate. Thanks for this opportunity to share the world-changing love I've seen at work at Recreation Experiences. As you can see, love just filled the entire week, filled everyone who was present there, the workers, the clients, the uh, staffers at the site where we slept and ate and worshiped. Um, these youth just have this love that calls them to go and be where people are. That go, I will go where you will go, I will be where you will be, I will serve as you will serve, I will worship as you will worship, I will love as you love, your God will be my God. I mean, that spirit permeates the entire week. We learn through Ruth, this person who is just a hated foreign adversary, what God's unique and extraordinary, steadfast, loving kindness looks like in action. Because of Ruth's hesed love for Naomi, Boaz receives and shares that same love back with Ruth and their shared love together conceives and births the lineage that will eventually birth Jesus Christ, our savior. The one in whom we experience and are called to this same world changing love it is my prayer that each and every one of us would continue to enter those work zones, those service zones, even despite the caution tape, <laughs> to fully immerse ourselves in that love that we might share it and truly, truly change the world. Amen.